Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877-381-3811, One of the reasons I spend so much time on this January 6th committee is because if I don't push back, who's going to? Seriously. It has held Congress, two individuals in contempt, for not appearing before this committee. Now, regardless of all the other arguments, would you appear before a committee that is so perverse in its makeup and its purpose? When you hear what these people say publicly, would you participate in a hearing, be compelled by subpoena to testify on a committee that has Adam Schiff on the committee and uh, Raskin on the committee and others who you know are basically Marxist hit men and hit women I mean this is a real thing would you participate knowing full well that your testimony is in secret and only if you accommodate what they demand will it be made public they're videotaping every deposition but you're not seeing every deposition. In fact, they refuse to release the transcripts of the depositions. And so you have what I've been calling this Stalinist operation. And then if you don't participate in it and expose yourself to all kinds of legal consequences, including losing your liberty... This Pelosi-run committee then resorts to contempt of Congress, goes to the Pelosi-run Democrat-controlled House, and gets a vote to hold you in contempt. 
Then they take these votes. They've held several people in contempt. And then they refer the matter to the Democrat-controlled U.S. Attorney's Office and Department of Justice with Biden appointees. And then they decide to make examples of two of these individuals, Peter Navarro and Stephen Bannon. It doesn't matter what you think of these people. It's beside the point. We are lectured to constantly about how people who have clearly murdered somebody are alleged to have murdered somebody. We have lectured constantly about systemic inequity, systemic inequality. We are lectured constantly about our justice system being unfair. Well, ladies and gentlemen, nobody has monopoly control over that. That's obvious. In Washington, D.C., where the Democrats control every single lever of power, whether it's local government or the federal government, whether it's the office of the federal prosecutor or the office of the attorney general, they control all that takes place. And if they want to target you, they're going to target you. Now, this is why we have judges, especially federal judges. They're supposed to be referees. They're supposed to look at this. Now, the only person who's ever been convicted of contempt for one of these political operations is really about half a century ago. His name was G. Gordon Liddy. And Judge Sirica, who was politically corrupt in my view, he wanted to make an example of him. He threw him in prison for 20 years. He got out in five. But 20 years, federal prison, hard time. Hard time, not mowing grass at some country club, no, hard time. Now, the judge in the case here, you'll be told, is a Trump appointee. I don't care if Moses himself appointed this guy. I'm looking at his actions. People change over time. He's essentially taken 95% of the defenses, rational, constitutional defenses, that have been raised by Bannon's brilliant lawyer, Mr. Schoen, and rejected them because the prosecution said they should be rejected. And he's not free to call some of the witnesses he wants to call, including some of the members of the committee, to discuss how this has come to be. The judge said no at the request of the prosecution. They've asked for additional time since prosecutors are making additional arguments. The judge said no. Unbelievable. What's the hurry? Well, for the Democrat prosecution, the U.S. attorney, and for the Democrat committee in the Democrat House, the hurry is the midterm elections. They know what the corrupt media will say should Bannon be convicted. They will use it as a campaign issue. But it's the responsibility of the judges to make sure something like this is not exploited. 
that it's not exploited. But it is being exploited. The Democrats talk about lawful process. I even hear rhinos talking about this. There's a lawful process, ladies and gentlemen. There's a lawful process. No, there's not. Not when you have a corrupt committee like this. Not when you have corrupt Democrat U.S. attorney who says that the Colbert 9, there's not enough there, drops the cases, but 850 other people, many of whom committed no acts of violence, have been sitting in jail or subsequently gotten long jail sentences, 60 days for a misdemeanor. Or a grandmother of 69, that is her age, 60 days in the slammer despite cancer treatment. Don't tell me there's a lawful process. There's a lawless process. From the committee to the U.S. Attorney's Office to the judges. And look at the U.S. Department of Justice. Utterly and completely corrupt. It's focused on parents at school board meetings where it doesn't even have any jurisdiction. It's lawsuits against Republican legislatures and Republican governors. I don't see any lawsuits against Democrat legislatures or Democrat governors. It's failure to insist that this administration enforce immigration laws and secure the border. Those laws are on the books. Neither the President of the United States nor the Attorney General of the United States nor a single prosecutor's office in this country has the constitutional power to refuse to enforce our immigration laws. It's right there in Article 2. And there's plenty of Supreme Court precedent to back it up. But nothing. We not only have an enfeebled president of the United States who has been endangering this country with one enemy after another and endangering our allies with one enemy after another enfeebled the way he has destroyed our economic system the way he has destroyed our energy the value of our currency the price of a gallon of gasoline but it's more than that it's more than that he is disdain for the Constitution. He's issued more executive orders in a shorter period of time than anyone I can think of. He's bought and paid for, in my view, by the Communist Chinese, among others. Hasn't been one second of a hearing on Biden, on his son, on his brother, on this crime family. Not one second of a hearing on how corrupt they are, on their tax returns, on how much money they've earned. Not one second of a hearing. Not one second of a hearing on the Speaker of the House. We haven't seen her tax returns and Paul Pelosi's tax returns. And yet Paul Pelosi, since she's been Speaker, has made millions and millions of dollars. Does that sound like a lawful process to you, ladies and gentlemen? Of course not. And then when Pelosi's questioned about stock trades, her husband just made to enrich her and her family. Tech stock trades, when a major tech vote is coming up this week or next, 
She blows it off. Why? Because she knows the U.S. Attorney of Washington, D.C., Graves, a Democrat, won't even blink. She knows the U.S. Attorney, Garland, won't even blink. No chance for a grand jury. She knows there's not a committee in the House or the Senate that will investigate because she won't permit it. And she knows she has the media in her back pocket. They will not complain. Not about Nancy. Not for a second. And which really is the party that wants to overturn elections? Which is the party? Donald Trump didn't unleash dirty tricks against Joe Biden. He didn't He didn't use the FBI. He didn't use the intelligence services against Joe Biden. He didn't plant stories about Joe Biden. He didn't do any of that. And yet that was done to him in 2016. What exactly is the crime here? What exactly is the purpose here? Where you have the the collusion of the political and the criminal both in the hands of the Democrats. That's why I pay attention to this. That's why I focus on this. You think if they get away with this, Trump will be the last one? You don't think they'll try this on a DeSantis or a Cotton or a Pompeo or you name the person, Cruz? You better believe they will. Impeachment now is a joke. Absolute joke. Used to be a serious matter. Not anymore. The truth is, the axis of evil, which now is Biden, Schumer, and Pelosi, have done enormous damage to this country. And they're still at it. Just the news. House Democrats push bill to add four seats to the Supreme Court. Pretty sickening, isn't it? Just the news. And we have this. Capital Research Center. George Soros and teachers unions behind Biden's radical Title IX changes. Destroying women's sports. This, the daily uh, signal. How the left hopes to seize control of local election offices. And it goes on and on and on. Republicans aren't doing this. Donald Trump never did this. That's why I talk about this. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, would you turn down millions of dollars a year? All you'd have to do is surrender your independence and abandon your principles for the money. That's a devil's bargain. Sadly, it's one that almost all American colleges and universities make. But there's one college in America saying no. My favorite college, Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College refuses to accept one penny of taxpayer money, not even indirectly in the form of federal student grants and loans. By saying no to government money, Hillsdale remains genuinely independent, free from corrupting federal mandates, and most importantly, free to pursue its original 1844 mission, pursuing truth and defending liberty. In addition, over 3 million citizens have enrolled in Hillstow's free online courses, and over 6 million American households, including mine, 
receive Hillsdale's free monthly publication in Primus. You can learn more about Hillsdale's independence from government, its mission of defending liberty, and its national outreach programs at levinforhillsdale.com. Now, when you have lawlessness, it spreads. It's a poison. It destroys the civil society. Lawlessness and violence, despite everything you've been hearing, despite the phony news, the corrupt hosts and corrupt reporters, lawlessness and violence is at the core of the Democrat Party. Always has been. Always has been. Slavery, the Confederacy, segregation, its relationship with the Klan, and what the Klan did to black Americans and others, riots, domestic terrorist groups. You know, it's a strange thing. And it spreads. The penultimate, the penultimate, at least from a sort of perspective, when it comes to the rule of law, is the Supreme Court. Now, we've all had our differences. And when the court is out of control, the court is destructive of the country. But the court is under attack now in a way it's never been under attack in our entire history. In our entire history. The Democrat Party and the Marxist movement that it embraces is trying to take this institution and devour it. It's devoured our schools. It's devoured our federal bureaucracy. It's devoured the Democrat Party. So in many ways, it's devoured the executive branch, it's devoured Congress, you see the January 6th committee, and now it is seeking desperately to devour the Supreme Court of the United States. This is what Marxist and fascistic regimes do. They want to add four more justices, not because they believe that's in the public interest to ensure the objectivity of the courts, because they want to control it. They want to put four of their radicals on there so they win every decision. I'll be right back. Folks, would you turn down millions of dollars a year? All you'd have to do is surrender your independence and abandon your principles for the money. That's a devil's bargain. Sadly, it's one that almost all American colleges and universities make. But there's one college in America saying no. My favorite college, Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College refuses to accept one penny of taxpayer money, not even indirectly in the form of federal student grants and loans, by saying no to government money. Hillsdale remains genuinely independent, free from corrupting federal mandates, and most importantly, free to pursue its original 1844 mission, pursuing truth and defending liberty. In addition, over 3 million citizens have enrolled in Hillsdale's free online courses. And over 6 million American households, including mine, receive Hillsdale's free monthly publication in Primus. You can learn more about Hillsdale's independence from government, its mission of defending liberty, and its national outreach programs at levinforhillsdale.com. 
Constitution Man. Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, did you notice it's hot outside? Notice it's hot in York? You know what we call this, Mr. Producer? Summer. Summer. Lots of heat out there. And so every summer we have stories about how hot and arid it is and certain parts of the country are hotter than other parts and they've ever... The country feels now like Florida. Can I put it that way, Mr. Producer? Much of the country feels like Florida. And everybody wants to come to Florida. Now, yes, it's a tinderbox out there in terms of uh, wooded areas and so forth, but that's not due to heat. That's due to the ruling class and ideology and their unwillingness to take down trees and remove dead trees. And I'm not going to get into that all day today. But uh, I just wanted to point it out. Yeah, it's 100 degrees, 101, 98 for the entire way. I got it. It's summer. It's hot out there. You don't like it hot? Move to Iceland. Move to Iceland. Here it is. House Democrats push bill to add four seats to Supreme Court. Just the news. Now, you would think in days old, of course, this would be big news. And the media would rally against it. And Democrats would rally against it. Republicans would... You hear nothing. Virtually nothing. House Democrats today demanded legislation to add four seats to the Supreme Court in hopes of moving the judicial body away from its current conservative slant. You got that? To move it away from its conservative slant. Now, this is wrong on so many levels. Number one, we're not talking about a conservative slant. We're talking about interpreting the Constitution, applying the original meaning of the words, not filling in the gaps with activism. So conservatives need to speak correctly about what's taking place here. It's not conservative versus liberal. It's pro-Constitution versus anti-Constitution. And they want to add four seats to influence the outcomes. That's what they want to do. The lawmakers made their push at a press conference hosted by the Take Back the... (coughs) Excuse me, it's cholera. The Take Back the Court Action Fund. Their demands follow rulings from the high court handing conservatives major wins on both abortion and gun rights. Again, I do not like the way this is written. The court in late June overturned the landmark abortion precedent in Roe v. Wade, returning the right to regulate the procedure to the states. One day prior, it struck down a New York law restricting the issuance of concealed carry permits. It struck down the New York law because the New York law was discriminatory. It had no basic across-the-board principle. It left the decision to local decision makers and bureaucrats. They said that's not what the Second Amendment provides. And of course, as far as Roe goes, the court didn't strike down abortion. The court struck down Roe v. Wade because Roe v. Wade was a bastardized decision 
anybody who reads it would, would know it, except the left, and they left it to the states. That's simple. The Supreme Court, quote, is making decisions that usurp the power of the legislative and executive branches, says Hank Johnson, Democrat, Georgia, according to The Hill. So by giving the power back to the states and the legislatures and the people thereof, the Supreme Court is usurping the power of the legislative and executive branches. Isn't this the idiot? Isn't this the idiot who talked about Guam tipping over, Mr. Producer? Well, I'm glad Hank is still in the House. Some preemptively addressed detractors who would call the effort corp hacking say the Republicans did so first. Quote, the nightmare scenario of GOP court packing is already upon us, said Mondaire Jones. This clown Mondaire Jones used to be a senior uh, administrative of- official in a public school. That's how they got this far right, six to three majority in the first place. How is that, Mondaire? Do you even know what the hell you're talking about, Mondaire? There's no court packing. Court 6-3 to three conservative slant is in part due to President Trump's appointment of three associate justices to the bench. Neil Gorsuch replaced Antonin Scalia. Brett Kavanaugh replaced Anthony Kennedy. Amy Coney Barrett replaced Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Congress has previously changed the number of justices on the court seven times, they all noted. Yeah, and when was the last time? When was the last time? And did they change the makeup of the court to accommodate the Democrat Party? This isn't the United States of the Democrat Party, even though that seems to be what we're living under, the iron fist of the Democrat Party. It's the United States of America. It's the United States of America. So the Democrat Party is trying to seize the Supreme Court, populate it with radical leftists, will nationalize decisions. So even when the Democrats lose elections, they'll get their way. And here's the truth. The American people do not support abortion on demand. The American people do not support killing a baby one second before its birth. The Democrat Party does. So the Democrat Party desperately wants to control the court so it can get its way. Now, the question that needs to be asked in this country is, why does the Democrat Party want to kill babies in the name of abortion. Why don't they ever discuss it? Why don't they ever discuss the science? Roe v. Wade had a limitation. Even Casey had a limitation. The Democrat Party voted on a proposed bill that had no limitation and blew out every single limitation virtually in every state. Now, that seems to me something to protest, don't you think, ladies and gentlemen? Shouldn't Americans who believe in protecting babies be showing up at the homes of justices who don't? I mean, isn't that the thinking? Isn't that the theory? Isn't that the practice? Then there's this. George Soros and teachers unions behind Biden's radical Title IX changes. The Biden administration was recently handed a temporary defeat by federal district judge Charles Atchley when he blocked the Education Department's latest Title IX guidance regulations. The injunction is not just a major blow to the Biden administration, but also to the left's most influential power brokers, 
who've been funding groups that secretly set the agenda for Biden behind the scenes, namely George Soros and the teachers unions by Parker Thayer. In April of this year, Capital Research Center alerted Fox News to the existence of a secret organization. See, they have these secret groups like Zuckerberg did with 417 million. Here's another secret group. All this dark money flowing into all these causes. They're multi-billionaires. Like this guy, David Rubenstein. All this money flowing into the destruction of Monticello and Montpierre. Madison's home, the latter. Jefferson's home, the former. And this guy's big with Mount Vernon. We're going to have to keep an eye on it. But he is systematically going through and destroying the founders. $13 million this secret group got called Governing for Impact, GFI, from George Soros alone. And have been working since 2019 to write new federal regulations for the Biden administration to issue. Hiding in the massive $1.7 billion Arabella Advisors Network, this is that push critical race theory and this other stuff. The group intentionally operated under the radar for years with a tight-knit circle of associates at its helm, writing dozens of complex policy memos, using high-level contacts within the Biden administration to get the government to act on, quote, more than 20, unquote, of its policy recommendations. So we have these shadow government entities. They're also working with the January 6th committee. Not this particular group, Southern Poverty Law Center, among others, to take down Trump, to take down his advisors, his lawyers, and to damage the Republican Party. And you have fools like McConnell who think it's perfectly fine. One of GFI's focus areas for regulatory policy was education, particularly Title IX. The 1972 law passed to protect women and women's sports on college campuses. It's actually an addition, technically, to the Civil Rights Act. When rumors first surfaced that Biden's Education Department was eyeing Title IX reforms, uh, CRC raised this issue. As predicted, the Biden administration did announce sweeping changes to Title IX. And the proposed changes seem to pull directly, directly from this organization's policy papers. The Education Department, like this group, wants to make two key changes to Title IX. First, it would change the rules for investigations of sexual assault allegations. Second, it would expand Title IX's protections for women to cover any discrimination against a student's gender identity. Their gender identity, not their gender, their gender identity. And this group has written policy papers recommending both changes, both changes. But they're destroying women's sports, as you well know. And Soros and Teachers Unions United, he writes, although it worked in secret, GFI did not work alone. The head of every single education policy memorandum are two names. Governing for the Impact and the Student Legal Defense Network, the NSLDN is a left-of-center advocacy group focused largely on college debt forgiveness. You want to know where it comes from and why they keep pushing it? The group helped GFI write a policy memo proposing student loan forgiveness for the permanently disabled, which the Biden administration appears to act on. Turns out the group doesn't just work for students, it works for teachers as well. In 2019, precisely when NSLDN, that left-wing group, began co-authoring education policy memos with GFI, the American Federation of Teachers, 
the country's second largest teachers union, paid it $100,000 for, quote, advocacy, unquote. A year later, the National Education Association, the largest union, paid the group another 150000 2020, AFT President Randy Weigart publicly declared AFT's opposition to the rule changes that reigned in Title IX kangaroo courts, baselessly accusing Secretary DeVos at the time of promoting a boys-will-be-boys culture. So you have this unholy alliance, he points out, between Soros, the teachers' unions, the Biden administration, dark money, shadowy conduct, and the changes you're seeing right before your eyes. Changes that are destroying our schools, destroying women's sports, destroying women's identity. Now, if the Republicans had somebody like George Soros, and they do not, if they did, you think the Democrat Party in the House and Senate would sit still for this? Or do you think they would call that individual to multiple hearings to get information from him to talk to the American people how his organizations are interconnected an octopus like arms and tentacles in a thousand different directions don't you think that Democrats would investigate have committee hearings demand tax returns yes so it is my hope that if the Republicans do win the House, that they will take a look at this. Because George Soros, in my estimation, my personal opinion, he hates this country. That's why he funded Media Matters. That should be looked at, too. All the efforts that he has supported to damage this country, to advance a radical ideology, and in many respects to overthrow it, certainly to destroy our principles. But he's not alone. Don't you think if we had anything like the AFT and the NEA, where the vast majority of their money goes to politics, that the Democrats would be looking into that? Of course they would. And it's not just to look into it. It's to inform the American people what's going on. Why are these things happening in your public schools and in the classroom? They've been stolen from the parents who pay the taxes and the taxpayers. What happened? How did it take place? They can look into it. I mean, it's happened, hasn't it? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, would you turn down millions of dollars a year? All you'd have to do is surrender your independence and abandon your principles for the money. That's a devil's bargain. Sadly, it's one that almost all American colleges and universities make. But there's one college in America saying no. My favorite college, Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College refuses to accept one penny of taxpayer money, not even indirectly in the form of federal student grants and loans. By saying no to government money, Hillsdale remains genuinely independent, free from corrupting federal mandates, and most importantly, free to pursue its original 1844 mission, pursuing truth and defending liberty. In addition, over 3 million citizens have enrolled in Hillsdale's free online courses. And over 6 million American households, including mine, receive Hillsdale's free monthly publication in Primus. You can learn more about Hillsdale's independence from government, its mission of defending liberty, and its national outreach programs at levinforhillsdale.com. 
Now, as we know, well, maybe not. You may actually have a life. Thursday is supposed to be perhaps the final hearing of the January 6th committee. And they had their comrades on the different Sunday shows. And yesterday in particular, there was, I guess it was two days ago, there was head case Adam Kingsinger. Adam Kingsinger, you know, fancies himself the, the savior of America. Uh, actually, he's not the savior of America. The guy's walking into walls just like Biden. But nonetheless, they're going to have some unbelievable witnesses. Republicans who turned on Trump at the very end on January 6th. Isn't that pretty much what's going on here, folks? You have never Trumpers. You have people who were relatively disloyal to the president. And then you have some very, very honest people. Don't get me wrong. Cipollone, uh, Hirschman. These guys are honest men. Honest men who had honest disagreements. But then you have those who are mostly saboteurs. And no matter who the witness is, you'll notice the media just love them. My God. That's the most brilliant witness we've ever heard under any circumstances in any place. And she, or he, is unimpeachable. My God. They have nothing to gain. Oh. I can't even think of a question that would be asked them from an opposition if there was one. No. They've painted a picture of of a man who's out of control, Hitler-esque, if you will. Unbelievable. That's your phony medium. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number... 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. Does it bother anybody out there that you had these reprobates arrested in front of the Supreme Court? 17 of them by my count. So-called Congress people? What do we call them? Uh, but in any event... And that AOC pretended to be in handcuffs. Did you see that, Mr. Producer? She pretends to be in handcuffs. And then she forgot, right. She let her guard down and then waved or pumped her fist in the air. And uh, this is who the media promote. She is an ambulance-chasing Marxist. That is... She wants attention. She's all drama. She's a nut. And they act like it's really hard to get arrested in front of the Supreme Court. They know that they'll be out in two seconds, like a rioter in 2020. When you get arrested in Russia, 
when you get arrested in China, when you get arrested in Cuba, Venezuela, Iran, Saudi Arabia, North Korea, when you get arrested in those countries and more, that's serious business. But when you have your hair done and your best clothes on and there's no creases in your clothes, you just had them all nice and cleaned and you're waving to the audience, you're waving to the cameras, you're pretending to be in handcuffs, you drop your papers, your talking points. Uh, What exactly are you doing? What exactly are you doing? See, these people are egomaniacs. It's what they are. They have contributed absolutely nothing to the benefit of this country, even to the people they claim to represent. And it is a truly perverse, (coughs) excuse me, obsession, this abortion issue. It's not good enough that states make decisions. It's not good enough that you can travel to a blue state and do whatever you want. It's to be compelled in every corner of the country. And they never talk about the baby. They talk as if it doesn't exist. It's really quite remarkable. This is your United States Democrat Party. And now they want to destroy the Supreme Court, effectively burn it down, politically burn it down, in order to impose their abortion position on the entire country. Now, Jonathan Turley writes in The Hill that this next hearing on the January 6th committee is really the last chance to demonstrate exactly what crimes have been established. Now, as you know, I've been talking about this for some time, that we don't even know what crimes they're talking about. I think I said that as recently as uh, last night, Mr. Producer. What are we even talking about? And, of course, what is it? All Donald Trump has done is not take the advice to commit crimes, not take the advice of certain advisors, whether they're inside or outside. He hasn't done any of it. He didn't call out the military to take voting machines. He didn't call out the uh, Department of Homeland Security to take ballot boxes to have them checked. He didn't appoint Sidney Powell as special prosecutor. I made all these points. He didn't do any of it. Turley makes the same point today, which is important. And he also says, I don't even know what the hell law they're talking about. Here's what he says. And the reason he's given credibility is he's, he's smart, he's articulate, and he's a Democrat. The eighth and final scheduled hearing of the House January 6th Select Committee is scheduled for Thursday, and its members reportedly will present a timeline of events on that day particularly the 187 minutes between the end of then-President Trump's speech on the ellipse and his call for supporters to leave the Capitol. I want you to keep in mind that most of the people on this committee have never denounced the threat against Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Not in 187 minutes, not in two months. And none of them have denounced Chuck Schumer, who threatened two Supreme Court justices. I want you to keep that in mind. And almost none of the Democrats denounced the 2020 
BLM, Antifa riots. Many of the Democrats made excuses for them, so keep that in mind. And of course, their hero, Barack Melhouse Benito Obama, was buddies with domestic terrorist bombers. Oh, yeah. It will again replay moments from the horrific to the heroic. What is not shown, what they've not shown us so far, however, is what was promised at the outset, a clear criminal case against Trump. And of course, that's not even their job. The start of the hearings, committee members promised they had the long-sought smoking gun evidence. New material that would close the circle on Trump. Committee member Adam Schiff, yeah, we remember him indicated he thought there was now credible evidence to support a variety of criminal charges. Yeah, that's the guy who said they had evidence on Russia collusion. His colleague, Representative Jamie Raskin, said the committee would show that Trump organized a coup on January 6th. No sooner had the hearings begun when many in the media declared that the criminal case had been conclusively proven, even though most of what was being presented was already generally known. It sounded like a prayer, that more like a prayer than proof. Former Nixon counsel John Dean said an indictment would be forthcoming because, quote, I don't see how the line prosecutors at the Department of Justice can't take a lot of this evidence and use it. Trump's in trouble. Trump's in trouble. We hear this before. For five years we've heard this. Harvard Law professor Lawrence Tribe, he's lost it, said the question was only what would be charged first since Trump's felonies were shown, quote, without any doubt, beyond a reasonable doubt, beyond any doubt, and the crimes are obvious, unquote. That included an allegedly clear case of attempted murder of former Vice President Pence. That guy needs to go to the home. And on the eve of the primetime hearing this week, committee members sound strikingly less prosecutorial. Elaine Loria of Virginia told CNN, I look at it as a dereliction of duty. He didn't act. He didn't take action to stop the violence. It's difficult to make a criminal case over what an official failed to do, yet the last hearing seemed to focus on a number of things that did not occur. And later on, he makes the point. What is the crime? Even Heidi Heitkamp, he says, former prosecutor, former senator, said of the hearings that as a former prosecutor myself, everything that I've heard, I think it would be very tough to indict to, indictment to get. And he says, it's not even clear after seven hearings what crime we're discussing. Conspiracy to insurrection claim of a second Trump impeachment has turned into accusations of obstruction of Congress. Seditious conspiracy? Oh, yeah. (coughs) Saul Weisenheimer, he's concluded that. Conspiracy to defraud or the dereliction of duty suggested by committee members? What exactly are they talking about? Everything and nothing. Everything and nothing. However, he says the most damning evidence concerned what Trump failed to do in those 187 minutes. Trump has stressed that he told his reporters to go to the Capitol peacefully to support Republicans challenging the election. At 1.11 p.m., Trump concluded his speech. Around 2.10 p.m., people surged up to the Capitol steps. Actually, that's not correct. People were at the Capitol steps, some of them trying to break in before Trump even finished his speech. At 4.17 p.m., Trump made his statement to stop roughly an hour and a half later. Many have denounced that delay. Some, some of us, he says, were critical of Trump's speech as he was giving it, or soon after it ended, 
His was a failure of leadership, but that does not mean it was a violation of the criminal code. And there you have it from a Democrat. I've got another thought when we return. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, the American public is getting pinched right now. Stupid left-wing policies like shutting down the Keystone Pipeline have you paying way more than you should for gasoline, which also raises the cost of your grocery bills, everything. Hard to depend on government, but one thing you can depend on is Pure Talk, because Pure Talk still gives you talk, text, plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. No price increase there. I've told you before, I'm a customer. The 5G coverage, most reliable network in America, U.S. customer service, keeping jobs right here in America, and the CEO is a U.S. veteran. So stop giving your money away to these behemoth corporatists, Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile, and subsidizing their causes. Switch to my guys, Pure Talk. With Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret this. So go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month you can literally be switched over to pure talk service in less than 10 minutes so go to puretalk.com enter promo code levin l-e-v-i-n podcast that's levin podcast so what's going on here folks what's going on well this committee does hope that there'll be an indictment But that is, in fact, something they're pushing hard. But if it comes to no indictment, they're preparing a report. They're preparing a report that will, in effect, be their indictment of Donald Trump. Why does that matter? Go back to January 6th of this year something I've talked about as well. Piece in the New York Post. Democrats explore barring Trump from holding office over January 6th riot. What does this mean? Written by Kaylee Patterson, a handful of congressional Democrats are investigating whether former President Donald Trump can be prevented from holding office again through the application of an obscure portion of the 14th Amendment. You see, they hate the Constitution, but they use it to destroy it. Section 3 of the Amendment, enacted in 1868 and best known for enshrining the Equal Protection Clause, prevents any government official who, quote, engaged in insurrection or rebellion, unquote, against the U.S. from holding office again. Why do you think the Democrats and their media keep using the word insurrection? It's not an accident. It's not a coincidence. It's in the 14th Amendment, Section 3. According to The Hill, approximately a dozen Democratic lawmakers have publicly or privately spoken about applying Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to Trump, whom they accuse of inciting the January 6th riot that disrupted the congressional certification of the 2020 election results. And you can see seven months later, that's exactly what they're doing. This is the plan. They get an indictment, that's frosting on the cake, right? But this is the plan. Quote, if anything, the idea has waxed and waned, liberal Harvard Law School professor Emeritus Lawrence Tribe told the outlet. You already heard from him. 
I hear it being raised with considerable frequency these days, both by media commentators and by members of Congress and their staffs, some of whom have sought my advice on how to implement Section 3. Now, notice you haven't heard it raised at all in months. It's the plan. Tribe has met with the staffs of Representatives Jamie Raskin. Jamie Raskin is doing a lot behind the scenes with left-wing groups. He's a commie. His father was a commie with left-wing groups and so forth. Member of the House Select Committee investigating the right, Jerry Nadler, Chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, and Debbie Wasserman-Schultz. The offices of all three members did not immediately respond to the New York Post request for comment. It's unclear what mechanism will be used to apply Section 3 to Trump, they write. Some experts say the House and Senate could vote by a simple majority to find the 45th president engaged in insurrection against the government. Others, including Professor Tribe, say the determination would need to be made by a federal court or a neutral fact-finding body. Well, he has no idea. Nobody has any idea. But the goal is to pursue something that's never been pursued and hope that it ends the way they want it to. But in either way, they'll smear him. Some left-wing groups are also exploring the possibility of applying the amendment without going through Congress. One such group, Free Speech for the People, has urged state election officials to apply the amendment if Trump decides to run for president again, which would prevent his name from showing up on ballots. Quote, just as states are permitted, if not required, to exclude from the presidential ballot a candidate who's not a natural-born citizen, who is underage, or who has previously been elected twice as president, so too states should exclude from the ballot a candidate such as Mr. Trump who previously swore to support the Constitution, but then engaged in insurrection. The group wrote in a letter sent to chief election officials in all 50 states last summer. While Trump has not formally announced his intent to run, it goes on. That's the game plan. I wanted to dust it off and remind you, that is the game plan. Succeed or not, that is the game plan. That's what the committee's doing. That's why Dizzy Lizzie is constantly saying she doesn't want Trump anywhere near the White House, that he's a threat to democracy. That's why they keep talking about the insurrection over and over and over again. Those who say you can't tie this to Trump criminally, and I'm one of them, of course, but some say that, but will in fact embrace this insurrection now you're going to hear people writing about this or hear them talking about this now that i've brought it up now that i've reminded you but this is the game plan because it's it's a lot easier than than a conviction on an indictment it's much more political because they don't need any criminal processes to do this there's no due process nothing it's much easier for pelosi to set up a rogue committee made up of only individuals she approved of, one side investigation, no opposition, and then they conclude that Donald Trump was part of a violent insurrection. And they're even going to make the case, if they have to, by failing to stop it. 
engaged in insurrection or rebellion, quote-unquote. Now, of course, the Democrat Party and their surrogates are constantly involved in a insurrection and rebellion. It's endless. That's who they are. That's what they believe in. That's the game plan. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, enacted in 1868, often referred to as the Equal Protection Clause, but it's much more than that. And of course, what it meant was anybody engaged in insurrection or rebellion, they were talking about the Civil War. But that doesn't matter to the never-Trumpers, the rhinos, and of course the Democrats and their Marxists. That doesn't matter. The Constitution is a plaything. Shred it, if you will. Use it, if you will. Abuse it, if you will. It doesn't matter. This is what's going on. And the whole nation needs to know this is what's taking place. So when you listen to these hearings, or even clips of these hearings on my show or elsewhere, keep this in mind. The backbenchers will talk about it tomorrow and the next day without attribution. You know, they attack Joe Biden, but in many ways, they're much the plagiarist that Joe Biden has been throughout his life. It's an amazing thing. But the hell with it. When you listen to the hearings now and the clips now and you put that in context, then you see what they're doing. They want him indicted, yes. But indicted or not, the insurrection clause of the 14th Amendment. That's where they're going. I'll be right back. You know, the American public is getting pinched right now. Stupid left-wing policies like shutting down the Keystone Pipeline have you paying way more than you should for gasoline, which also raises the cost of your grocery bills, everything. Hard to depend on government, but one thing you can depend on is Pure Talk, because Pure Talk still gives you talk, text, plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. No price increase there. I've told you before, I'm a customer. The 5G coverage, most reliable network in America, U.S. customer service, keeping jobs right here in America, and the CEO is a U.S. veteran. So stop giving your money away to these behemoth corporatists, Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile, and subsidizing their causes. Switch to my guys, Pure Talk. With Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret this. So go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month you can literally be switched over to pure talk service in less than 10 minutes so go to puretalk.com enter promo code levin l-e-v-i-n podcast that's levin podcast mark levin radio's hell raising intellectual call now 877-381-3811 I have a question for the New York Slimes and Maggie Haberman. I have a question for the Washington Compost and Fred Ryan. I have a question for the Constipated News Network, a question for MSLSD, a question for all the media. All of it. Where is the direct evidence of any kind, in any form, electronic, mechanical, Documents, witness testimony, of any kind, of any direct evidence, any, that Donald Trump directed anyone, 
to attack the Capitol or Congress. Where is it? We're going into our eighth public hearing. You would think if this committee had it, with its 1,000 witnesses and hundreds of thousands of documents, and its one-way show, we would know about it. Even the haters who now work at The View and CNN and MSNBC or write self-serving book, the grifters, Liz Cheney, Adam Kingsinger, the Democrats. Where is it? Where, is there a statement? Is there a text? Is there a witness direct order? Is there a conversation? Is there anything? Did he tell it to Bill Barr? He didn't say that. Did he tell it to Cipollone? He didn't say it. Did he tell Hirschman? He didn't say it. Nobody has said it. Even Cassidy didn't say it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what does it say? Silent insurrection? How do you have a silent insurrection? How do you organize an insurrection? How do you attack the Congress and the Capitol? When there's no orders, there's no fingerprints, there's no DNA, there's nothing. Absolutely nothing. I'm not talking about innuendo. I'm not talking about somebody's opinion. I'm not talking about hearsay. I'm not talking about witnesses who've been charged, made plea deals, or convicted, or trying to get their sentences reduced, somehow heard coded messages from Donald Trump somewhere, somehow. He told us to come to the Capitol. I thought he meant break in and attack the police. Now, I'm not asking about that. Because that's bullcrap. This is the most secret insurrection that one can imagine. Insurrection Day. Put it on your calendar. It's up there with Juneteenth, which we apparently celebrate on June 20th. There was no call for an insurrection. There was no call for violence. They've been looking. They've had witnesses multiple times in secret. They've had people in their dungeon interviewing them under penalty of perjury. They have nothing, nothing, zero, because it never happened, like Russia collusion. So if we just replace it with the word insurrection, because it happens to be in the 14th Amendment, Section 3, and that's their focus. Like I just said, this is a very important program. Very important. I would ask the legal analysts out there, give us the evidence. Not your inferences. Not circumstantial this or circumstantial that. Well, he didn't do this, and I didn't ask you that. There's not one word, not one sentence, not one syllable that they can tie to Donald Trump and their thousand witnesses implicating Donald Trump in leading any kind of an insurrection, ladies and gentlemen. You know what an insurrection is? That's a big deal. Even as Saul Weisenheimer, I think even Saul Weisenheimer would conclude Former independent counsel. No, not really. Moronic. But you get my point. Even our friend Andy McCarthy, I think, would have to admit there's nothing. 
And he's been looking. Our friends at National Review, never Trumpers, have been looking. They're desperately looking. Even the Washington Examiner editorial page, even the Wall Street Journal editorial page, I would challenge them. Can you please provide us with direct evidence? If you're going to accuse a man of all kinds of things, if this committee is going to accuse him of an insurrection, let's see it. Let's see it. Proud Boys. Donald Trump contact the Proud Boys? You'd have to have more than one phone call. But did he? And tell them, January 6th is the day, boys. I'm proud of you. That's why we call you the Proud Boys. Make sure you come. Make sure you bring as many of you as possible. I'm going to use some code messages for this insurrection. When I say peacefully go to the Capitol, I mean violently. When I say protest, I mean insurrection. You'll understand. As they say on MSLSD, it's a dog whistle. And they would know about dog whistles. Where's the evidence? Well, dereliction of duty. Oh, you mean like the southern border? That kind of dereliction of duty? Like failing to prosecute? In our cities, where the murder level is through the roof? Dereliction of duty? Coming from derelicts on this committee who still have not condemned the assassination threat against a Supreme Court justice. They're conniving. They're conspiring. These are sleazeballs. The same people at it again. The same media at it again. Maggie Haberman. Didn't she win a Pulitzer Prize or something, Mr. Producer? Well-deserved, probably covering Russia collusion. She's so obsessed with Trump, it's unbelievable. I think she has a thing for him. Coded messages and innuendos and opinions and hearsays and connecting dots. All I ask for is the evidence. The evidence, where is it? All we ask for, America. Who did Donald Trump tell to storm the Capitol building? Who did Donald Trump say to break into the Capitol building? I don't even think the people at that meeting on December 8th, or was it the 9th, who cares, who can remember, where they were apparently yelling at each other and shooting spitballs at each other. I don't even think any of them from the White House Counsel's Office would say that Donald Trump ordered an insurrection. He ordered violence. So far, all we have is evidence of what he didn't do. He didn't call out the military. He didn't call out the Department of Homeland Security. He didn't grab voting machines. He didn't grab drop boxes. He didn't appoint a special counsel. He didn't fire the acting attorney general. He didn't fire that jerk, the deputy acting attorney general. I would have fired his ass just because. But you understand. He didn't connive with the FBI like the Obama administration. Right? He didn't connive with the intelligence agencies like the Obama administration. They didn't go to FISA on anything, did they? No, none of that. When democracy, quote-unquote, was really threatened. 
You understand this committee has been investigating with no holds barred in violation of due process in the federal constitution day in and day out. They brought in 11 former prosecutors, including two former U.S. attorneys. That they've had their way, no obstacles in their path. If you got in your way, they want to throw you in prison. And that this committee, with all its videos, all its graphics, all its witnesses, all its cherry-picked documents and texts, I'm looking for one sentence. One. And there's none. There's nothing. Zippo. It is the most secret insurrection I think there's ever been. Because there was no insurrection. And remember, on top of all of this, this is the man who authorized the National Guard up to 20,000 troops to assist the Capitol, Nancy Pelosi, and to assist the mayor, Bowser, and they all declined. Wow. So there's no evidence, no direct evidence of any kind from anywhere at any level. And they have not provided any public testimony or videos or anything. We have had five witnesses in a room who said Donald Trump authorized National Guard on January 4th for January 6th. You haven't shown the letter of the Capitol Police turning it down on TV. You haven't been shown, I'm talking about the committee. You haven't been shown Bowser's letter turning it down. Nothing. Nothing. Zero. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, the American public is getting pinched right now. Stupid left-wing policies like shutting down the Keystone Pipeline have you paying way more than you should for gasoline, which also raises the cost of your grocery bills, everything. Hard to depend on government, but one thing you can depend on is Pure Talk, because Pure Talk still gives you talk, text, plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. No price increase there. I've told you before, I'm a customer. The 5G coverage, most reliable network in America, U.S. customer service, keeping jobs right here in America, and the CEO is a U.S. veteran. So stop giving your money away to these behemoth corporatists, Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile, and subsidizing their causes. Switch to my guys, Pure Talk. With Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret this. So go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month you can literally be switched over to pure talk service in less than 10 minutes so go to puretalk.com enter promo code levin l-e-v-i-n podcast that's levin podcast in today's digital age where cyber threats loom larger than ever safeguarding your personal information is paramount so why is congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer 
Woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. You Levinites, as ratings come in from all over the country on radio, we are killing people who are up against my show. I think it's almost in every city, starting with New York and all the rest, are getting clobbered because you listen to this show, and I want to thank you. And the Sunday night Fox show is the number one show. I want to thank you again. It's you who do this. You. Levinites. The Levinites. Now, statement from the Pulitzer Prize Board. Remember, this is a board filled with libs. You can Google this. You'll see all the libs on here. Several of them show up on MSLSD and CNN. But they're in the Pulitzer. Pulitzer board. You see, the left destroys everything. Whether it's Madison's home or Jefferson's home or the Pulitzer Prize or whatever it is. And so people have been saying, aren't you going to take back these Pulitzer Prizes you gave to the New York Times and the Washington Post and the reporters for a lie reporting on Russia collusion? Here's what they responded today. The Pulitzer Prize Board has an established formal process by which complaints against winning entries are carefully reviewed. And in the last three years, the Pulitzer Board has received inquiries, including from former President Donald Trump, about submissions from the New York Times and Washington Post on Russian interference in the U.S. election and its connections to the Trump campaign, submissions that jointly won the 2018 National Reporting Prize. These inquiries prompted the Pulitzer Prize Board to commission two independent reviews of the work submitted by those organizations to our national reporting competition. Both reviews were conducted by individuals with no connection to the institutions whose work was under examination nor any connection to each other. Who are they? Well, I don't know. The separate reviews converged in their conclusion that no passages or headlines, contentions or insertions in any of the winning submissions were discredited by facts that emerged subsequent to the conferral of the prizes. The 2018 Pulitzer Prizes in National Reporting stand, and they underlined it. Now, this is the same corrupt organization that gave a Pulitzer to Walter Durante for lying about his buddy Stalin, on whose payroll he apparently was, and for writing report after report, news report in the New York Slimes, the same newspaper, the same one of the two, lying about Stalin, lying about the genocide against the Ukrainians. And the Ukrainian community in particular, but others, have said, take the Pulitzer back! And the Pulitzer Prize Board won't take it back. That's their record. In my view, they're corrupt. The entire media process is corrupt. I'll be right back. Do you want to keep your home in its best condition while protecting your budget? Well, of course you do. With a home service plan from American Home Shield, you can do exactly that. They help cover the cost to repair or replace things you depend on every single day. Expensive things 
like your kitchen appliances, AC, refrigerator, and water heater. No inspections or maintenance records are required, and they'll never deny coverage because of the age of your items. Wow. Choose from the three flexible plans along with several add-on options, like roof leak repair coverage and electronics coverage for items like laptops, gaming systems, and flat-screen TVs. This is absolutely fantastic. Their comprehensive plans help make sure you're prepared for your next unplanned breakdown. It's the kind of convenience and peace of mind everyone could use right now. So, folks, join today. And as a listener of my show, you can save $50 on any plan. Just go to ahs.com slash Levin. Again, ahs.com slash L-E-V-I-N. That's $50 off at ahs.com slash Levin. Service fees, limitations, and exclusions apply you can see the plan for details, but I'm telling you, this is a fantastic offer. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. One final point on all this January 6th stuff. Dizzy Lizzie. There's an excellent piece by Byron York. And he asks, is Liz Cheney toast? And he looks at the polls and he says, it looks like it. I mean, she's 22 points behind. She's trying to get Democrats in the state to re-register and vote for her, but he points out there's not enough Democrats in Wyoming to really make that much of a difference. And then he asks, why is she so far behind? Does it have to do with her role on the January 6th committee? Yes. But there's more than that. There's a lot more than that, she points out. She says, it's more complicated than just January 6th. The Trump factor in the race is important, in part because it it revives an accusation that has followed Cheney for 10 years. That she long ago left Wyoming, spent most of her life somewhere else, and returned to the state only to win political office. And I read this to you because, again, you get this narrative from the media. They're just such pathetic stooges. Cheney's family roots in Wyoming go back generations. But as CNN noted in 2013, Cheney herself was born in Wisconsin and grew up in, Virginia, in Virginia's D.C. suburbs before attending college in Colorado and law school in Illinois. She spent most of her career working in the nation's capital, before moving to Wyoming last year. This is in 2013. The accusation Cheney's a carpetbagger arose in 2012 when 46 years old and living in Virginia, she bought a house in Wyoming. A house in Wilson, a posh enclave a few miles west of Jackson, in the words of the Associated Press, was listed for $1.9 million dollars. She lives in Virginia, but lately has been showing up at Republican events around Wyoming. 
AP reported while Liz Cheney would be unlikely to take on any member of the all-Republican and safely popular Wyoming congressional delegation. The visits have led to speculation she has an eye on office. So she grew up in Northern Virginia. She's married to a lawyer who's been around Washington, too. And uh, the lawyer's quite, and her, they made, the lawyer made a lot of money off of his uh, litigation career. It turned out the AP was wrong. Cheney did intend to take on a member of the all-Republican and safely popular Wyoming congressional delegation, Republican Senator Mike Enzi. And by the way, I had supported her because she was coming off as the more conservative of the two. Enzi was so much a rhino. In July 2013, Cheney announced her candidacy for Enzi's seat, which Enzi very much intended to keep. Cheney apparently thought her family name and a lot of money raised outside of Wyoming would be enough to muscle Enzi out of the race. A baffled Enzi told reporters, I thought, I thought we were friends. I just want you to see the character of this woman. I didn't even know this. Now, Enzi proved more popular than Cheney thought, and Cheney faced criticism as the opportunistic outsider. Republican Cynthia Loomis, now a senator for Wyoming, but at the time the representative holding the seat Cheney holds today, blasted Cheney as a carpetbagger who will wind up losing to Enzi, according to a CBS report. Quote, when somebody's never gotten a paycheck in Wyoming and lived their whole life in Virginia, that is her adult life, I think they should run for Virginia, Loomis said. That's her home state. Cheney was the outsider who had joined forces with outsiders to oust a true Wyomingite. In early 2014, Cheney gave up. Her team's early optimism that the 69-year-old Enzi will be driven into retirement quickly faded as the three-term incumbents resolve actually seemed to stiffen in response to Cheney's bid, so reported Politico. But she kept looking for opportunities. And in 2015, Loomis announced her retirement, and Cheney ran for her seat. This time she won, taking her seat in January 2017, just as Donald Trump was entering the White House. Cheney was re-elected by big margins in 2018 and 2020. Members of Cheney's carpetbagger gambit faded. Memories, memories of her carpetbagger faded. The font on there is very small, but I'm doing my best. But now they're back. Cheney's January 6th crusade in which she has allied with Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, and other National Democrats or extremely unpopular Republicans has reminded some Wyomingites of everything they didn't like about Liz Cheney. Her opponent, Hagman, is taking every opportunity to tell Wyoming that she has deep roots in the state and that unlike some people, she didn't leave. In an introductory ad, her brother Hugh said, Harriet and I grew up together. Right there in Wyoming. Hugh Hageman then went into a list of what his sister has done for the state while Cheney was far away. It's pure Wyoming. I won't get into the details, but she's done a lot. The perception of her among people in Wyoming is that she has always been the D.C. elite, said a Hagman advisor. The stuff with the January 6th committee appearing on TV all the time, the way the national media just fawns all over her every time she's on TV, 
it's worse for Cheney. CNN loves her. MSNBC loves her. The New York Times loves her. That's not the audience you shoot for in Wyoming. Certainly not for Wyoming Republicans, which is why Cheney, desperate for votes, has turned to the state's Democrats for support. Wyoming law allows voters to change their party affiliation on Election Day. On her website, Cheney is encouraging Democrats to become Republicans solely for the purpose of voting for her, own, for her over Hagman. But here's the problem. There aren't enough Democrats in Wyoming to save her. There are 282,000 registered voters in Wyoming. According to the latest numbers from the Secretary of State, of them, 35,000 are not affiliated. 43,000 are Democrats. Over 200,000 are Republicans. So it appears that, yes, Liz Cheney is toast. But just remember, when news coverage of her race focuses on Trump, 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 Cheney's problems in Wyoming started well before Donald Trump became a serious political force. Recent events have brought those long-standing problems back to the fore. Now, you haven't heard that from anybody else but Byron York. Nobody else. Because they don't report the news. They report it like it's sports, like they want it to be sports. But that's the truth. And on Thursday, guess who we're going to hear from? Former White House aides to testify next January 6th hearing. They're going to be the greatest people to ever testify. They're going to be the most perfect human specimens. They're going to be the people who are just lavished in truth and justice in the American way. There's nothing else. Two former White House aides are expected to testify. See how they leak? As the panel examines what Donald Trump was doing as his supporters broke into the Capitol. Matthew Pottinger, ever hear of him? Of course not. Former Deputy National Advisor. And Sarah Matthews, a former press aide. I'm surprised they didn't find the janitor and the cook. Are expected to testify according to the person who was not authorized to publicly discuss the matter. So it's either Raskin or uh, Adam. Could be any of the reprobates. Both Pottinger and Matthews resigned immediately after the January 6th insurrection that interrupted the congressional certification of President Joe Biden's victory. Two witnesses will add to the committee's narrative in its eighth and possibly final hearing this summer. The primetime hearing will detail what Donald Trump did or did not do. During several hours that day as his supporters beat police officers and broke into the Capitol. Now, 800,000 of them didn't do any of that. They're confusing them with BLM and Antifa, who are the Democrat mob militia wing. But you see how they write differently about Trump and his supporters and the Democrats and their supporters, right? Whether it's the guy that was on the baseball field a few years back firing away, or whether it's the guy that wanted to take out a Supreme Court just, oh yeah, I speak the truth. Or whether it's their, their supporters and, and they supported them writing their names in the streets, Black Lives Matter ripping off black people in their finances while rioting and burning their towns. For justice, of course. And so there we have it. Two former Trump aides. And they'll make it like they worked with Trump every second of every day. That they were the most important people he ever worked with. 
They'll bring out Mick Mulvaney. He'll say, yes. Now, Mulvaney's supposed to be from South Carolina, but he sounds like he's from Boston, doesn't he? Uh, yes, uh, yes, he does. Uh, yes. And, um, yeah, so they'll bring out Mick Mulvaney. They'll bring out the other rhinos on TV, some of whose names I can't even mention. Yes. And there'll be no evidence to the contrary. Nothing. What did Donald Trump do during that 187-minute break? What did Nancy Pelosi do? No, no, no. It's not about Nancy. What did Chuck Schumer do? It's not about Chuck. What did Stimpy Hoard do? Yeah, it's about Stimpy. No. What did Donald Trump do? None of it would have happened, of course. None of it. <coughs> Excuse me, it's cholera. None of it would have happened. If Nancy had used the National Guard, none of it. 187 minutes, dereliction of duty. Now, isn't it a dereliction of duty when the Speaker of the House turns down 20,000 National Guardsmen, Mr. Producer? Or the mayor turns down 20,000 Guardsmen, and they had intel, apparently... That it could get violent. Because they all saw the coded secret messages that Trump sent out by homing pigeon. And he wrote it in milk so it would be invisible. So far, because we haven't seen anything. But the dereliction of duty. If he were a leader, he would have done more. I thought he wanted to go to the Capitol. Maybe he wanted to go to the Capitol to tell them to stop. Isn't that what Cassidy said? He wanted to go to them, even though they were armed, and he grabbed the steering wheel. Well, it turns out he did. Now, you know, the media have made a lot of this steering wheel stuff, which is a complete friggin' lie. But it was the big news. That's why they had an emergency hearing, so they could inform you about a lie. And I'm thinking to myself, did even Chappaquiddick get this much attention? Where Ted Kennedy was at the wheel? And drove off the bridge? And then he's reelected? Seriously, folks. Seriously. But there were. Donald Trump grabbed the steering wheel, which he didn't. But they were so worked up about. That just shows what. A, he really was out of control. There's chaos. He's grabbing the steering wheel. They wished it, they wanted it to be true. And yet, well, here we have a Kennedy. A Chappaquiddick somehow drives this car into the canal. Then he tries, he does as hard as he can. Over and over again, he dives into the water to try and get Mary Jo out. Then he gives up. And he waits 10 hours to tell the police. 10 hours. Hello! I said 10 hours. First, he calls his lawyer. He calls the others. Does anybody remember a congressional hearing on this? No, no. He wasn't even prosecuted. He pled to some misdemeanor, and he didn't even get the treatment that the, that the, the paraders and trespassers on the Capitol lawn are getting. Ten hours. The lion of the Senate. The man of civil rights. Yes. But he killed a woman, even if it's neglect. But he dove and he dove, and yet 
According to the actual report, Mary Jo was breathing. There was an air pocket. Nobody dove and dove and dove. Somebody was covering his very substantial ass. And for 10 hours, he didn't call the cops. Called his lawyer. Called his cousin. But you know, Donald Trump waited 187 minutes. Notice they don't say, you know, a couple hours. No, no, no. 187 minutes and 43 seconds. That man, he should have done more. He didn't do more. And I want to remind you, most members of that committee still have said nothing, including the Speaker of the House. Nothing. About what took place, almost took place with Kavanaugh. I'll be right back. Lovin. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Well, I didn't want to leave the program without reminding you of this. Daily Wire, Pelosi's office defends husband stock by ahead of key vote. The office of House Speaker Nancy Eva Stretch Pelosi. Wait, did you see that picture of her? I think a, what do they say? The picture speaks a thousand words or something? Whatever it is, I'll let it speak for itself. Pelosi offered its response to her husband, investor Paul Pelosi, listen to this buying as much as $5 million in a technology company poised to benefit if lawmakers pass a new subsidy package. That's what I said. What about her tax returns? And the big dummies, you know, the drunk. Paul Pelosi was arrested after alleged drunk driving earlier this year, exercised 200 call options to acquire 20,000 shares in NVIDIA, a California company that produces semiconductors. First reported by the Daily Caller, a disclosure filled by Nancy Pelosi to the House of Representatives last week revealed the trade. So obviously she's well aware of it. Obviously she's well aware of it. Speaker does not own any stocks. Look, look at the game they play, folks. Look at the game they play. The Speaker does not own any stocks. Well, did she not make the filing on behalf of her husband and her family? Pelosi spoke city at Drew Hamill explained. As you can see from the required disclosures with which the speaker fully cooperates, these transactions are marked SP for spouse. The speaker has no prior knowledge or subsequent involvement in any transactions. Liar. She just filed the form. She had to have some prior knowledge. And more than that, she benefits from the wealth of her husband, you idiot. The move comes as Congress begins the debate on the $52 billion Chips for America Act, aimed at increasing semiconductor capacity in the U.S. That's fine.
But you notice how these parasites, how these leeches, how these political hacks hack, hang around Washington and how rich these bastards get? I'll be right back. Mark Levin, the most popular conservative author in America. Call in to the Mark Levin Show now at 877-381-3811. Why limit it to author, I wonder? Anyway, here we be. You notice the Marxists, the Democrats, same thing. They're always victims. They're always put upon. They're always subjected to inequality and discrimination. They're always in rebellion, and they contribute nothing. What has AOC contributed to this country? What has Presley contributed to this country? What has Baker contributed to this country? What has Talib contributed to this country? Omar. I'm just curious. They're kooks. They're radical kooks. They've contributed nothing to the benefit of this country, to the well-being of this country. Absolutely nothing. They are self-righteous, sanctimonious, self-aggrandizing narcissists, like the people who cover them, the schmuck Todds and the rest. Let's go to Michael, Queens, New York, the great, well, it's on the Mark Levin app. How are you, Michael? Thank you. Thank you for uh, taking my call, Mark. Uh, Yes, sir. incarceration of these people from January 6th for over a year. What rule law, what concept and law permits this egregious misjustice on the part of the government holding these people captive? What can be done? If you were representing them as an attorney... I'm telling you, nothing could be done when you're dealing with a federal district judge who controls the case and the appellate court won't take an appeal. What can be done? Nothing. Mark. Yeah. Mark, could a justice yeah. of the Supreme Court issue a writ of habeas corpus? No, 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 no. Justices don't issue writs of habeas corpus. They don't. They don't just sit there and issue writs of habeas corpus. Could they? Could you get a justice to to issue an order to release these people? I don't think so. You need more than one. I mean, and they would have to rule on the constitutional or statutory issue. They can't be issuing writs like their district courts. It doesn't work that way. This is like what's, supposed to, what, what's supposed to happen is these federal district judges are supposed to look out for the constitutional rights of the defendant. And they know full well with the power of the federal government, the endless resources, these Biden appointees, they know full well about the the un, the inequitable treatment of different defendants and so forth. I mean, this this U.S. attorney just let the Colbert Nine out, chose not to prosecute. I mean, that's outrageous. So to answer your question, nothing. I know this is unsatisfying to so many people. It's unsatisfying to me. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. Let's go to Lewis, Roseland, New Jersey, on the Mark Levin app. Lewis, go right ahead, please. Hey, Mark, how are you doing? I want to thank you for everything you do. You're a great patriot to this country, and we don't deserve you. <laughs> yes, what are My you talking about? about? But thank you. 
Um, my comment is about the D.C. prosecutor failing Sometimes or I think declining people are pulling my leg, you know. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Louis. No, no. It's okay. Uh, my comment is about the D.C. prosecutor declining to prosecute the J6 um, Colbert 9. And my question would be, could a good lawyer not use this as a legal precedent for any current uh, defendant that has not yet faced trial for this crime? If not on merit, at least on a lack of prosecutorial discretion, because no, the D.C. prosecutor... No, 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 everyone's got to... I'm going to tell you why they can't, because they would argue this is a different situation, which is what he did. He argued... What the, what the U.S. attorney said in a relatively brief statement was that these people were let into the Capitol. They didn't break into the Capitol by a Democrat member of the House. And it would be very difficult to prosecute them for uh, trespassing and so forth since they were allowed in there. Now, of course, they were arrested because they were not being, um, uh, what is it, managed or walked around with or whatever with, uh, with, with a member of the House, which is required. So his, uh, his comment was, that's totally different than people just walking in and, you know, trespassing and so forth. It's all BS, but to answer your question, no. Okay, my only other comment would be maybe Sarah Rump and Philly Bump are doing a little too much rumping and bumping together in their... Uh... <laughs> That's pretty funny, Lewis. All right, thanks for your call. I appreciate it. <laughs> Joe! You, you, you got to have hung around here for a few months to know what he means. Joe, Dundee, Illinois, on the Mark Levin app. The Mark Levin app is burning up tonight. Go right ahead. Yeah, I would like to think that the Trump voters are the adults in the room. Uh, going after former presidents uh, would probably not be a good thing. Uh, I think that's part of the Democrats' problem right now, that uh, it, when Trump gets back in office, I think it's uh, right back to uh, nose to the grindstone and just moving the country forward. Here's the problem. The Democrats know, if passed this prologue, that Republicans don't act like Democrats. They don't fight to the death, you know, politically speaking. And you can see it in the Senate. The Republican leadership is so weak. So weak. And even if the Republican leadership in the House takes some very effective actions, and I want to tell you about that in a minute, they will go to McConnell, they will go to Thune, they will go to Collins, they will go to the, to the weak links who will say things, you know, like Dizzy Lizzie and Adam Kingsinger, and they'll say things like, well, we don't approve of this, we have an agenda, we have this. So the, the Republicans cannot walk and chew gum at the same time. And they have got to learn that if they don't take out the brass knuckles, if they don't take out the brass knuckles and do to the Democrats what they've done to the president, that is Trump, and done to Republicans, it will be done over and over and over again to the Republicans. And I have a question for them, which is this. The election rules and laws were changed in 2020 in violation of Article 2 all over the country. Some have been changed back, some have not. What do they think about that? That's okay? They were changed to benefit the Democrats. Forget about fraud. This is a constitutional violation. And you hear nothing from McConnell. You hear nothing from Thune. Who, who are the other gas bags here? Oh, yeah. You hear nothing from Cornyn, John Cornyn. Nothing. Not a word. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. 
Well, to follow up on his point, Politico, it's not just Hunter Biden. Prepare for a 2023 pact with House Republican investigations. Republicans know they're legislatively limited, even if they take the majority next year. So they plan to focus on inquiries into the border, Afghanistan, baby formula and more. GOP prepares for a likely takeover. Committee chairs in waiting have laid out a lengthy list of oversight goals that goes beyond Biden's White House, including Democrats formation of the January 6th Select Committee. But the party's highest profile targets are those with the potential to politically bruise the president ahead of 2024. His son's business dealings, Afghanistan, the origins of the coronavirus, inflation causes in the U.S.-Mexico border. Months before the midterms, Republican lawmakers are already working behind the scenes to divvy up which committee gets which piece of the investigative action next year. That includes talks with minority leader Kevin McCarthy and other conference leaders, plus member-on-member discussions. Don't ever compare Kevin McCarthy to Mitch McConnell. I know it's fashionable, and we won't always agree with Kevin McCarthy. There's no question about that. But he's much tougher than McConnell. He's been much more supportive of Trump and much more supportive of conservatives than McConnell. I've been really impressed with leadership, both from Representative Jim Jordan, from Representative Jamie Comer, from uh, Kevin's office. And already starting to talk about that, said Representative Kelly Armstrong, Republican, North Dakota. And Republicans view executive branch oversight as a significant piece of their 2023 agenda, driven in part by the reality that divided government would leave no path for most of their legislative priorities. B.S. There's real corruption in this Oval Office. There are real issues here going on on the southern border. Nancy Pelosi's records need to be pulled. We really do need to know what she did and didn't do. In the lead up to January 6th and January 6th. Republicans still need to nail down, they write, the timelines and other specifics for each investigation. But they've already taken initial steps such as document preservation requests, something I've been pushing. Not with them in particular, but when they're on the show. Those have already hit the January 6th panel. Administration officials involved in the Afghanistan withdrawal on Twitter over its legally challenged sale to Elon Musk, among other recipients. After four years in the House, minority Republicans have a backlog of wish lips of topics to dig into. And you know what? They also now have processes that have put in place by the Democrats that cut out the Democrats when the Republicans are conducting investigations. They will have processes, because unlike the Senate that has a filibuster, the House, the majority rules all the time. Which is why you don't want that in the Senate, of course. But the Marxist anarchists, you know, the ones that pretend to be handcuffed. Oh, it was so tough today, we got arrested. It was, the, it was a horrific thing, we got arrested today. I just want you folks who are voting in November... Some of you are like, oh, I like my member. I like my member of Congress. They're a moderate Democrat, like this guy in uh, Bergen County, uh, New Jersey. Clownish, or whatever his name is. And the others, uh, the one in Virginia and, and in Kentucky, oh, they're moderate. They vote. Their- no, they don't. No, they don't. They voted for the impeachments. They voted for this committee. They voted for Nancy Pelosi to be speaker. 
They haven't done a damn thing about what's going on on the border. No, no, you don't understand. We're the can-do caucus. Really? Well, we, the American people, we're the kick-ass caucus. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. LeBron James, that would be 18, Mr. Producer. He has some comments for you Boston fans on his podcast last week. You know, the worst thing they could do is give this guy a podcast. Cut 18, go. In basketball, there are fans that you go play away that they can literally take the game from you. You can feel like them. The fans is not going to let us win this one tonight. Yes, I mean, I mean, what places? I mean, Boston. Boston, yeah. Why, why, do, you, why do you hate Boston? Because <laughs> they racist as f. That's yeah, they, why. They will, say, they will say anything. And it's fine. I mean, f is my life. It. I mean, she's been dealing with it. my whole life. I don't mind it. Like, I hear it. Like, if I hear somebody like close by, I check them real quick. I move on to the game, whatever the f. They're going to say whatever the f they want to say. They might throw something on you. I mean, I got a beer thrown on me leaving the game. You know, like, Boston is- I'm, yeah, Boston. Is- Boy, you ought to be where I am in Philadelphia in the stands and so forth. That has nothing to do with race. Maybe it does. So Boston fans are F this, F that, F this. Really? I wonder what Bill Russell would say about that. The great Bill Russell. Who's loved and adored in Boston. As are others. Uh, Again, I'm not a special pleader for Boston. I think I've been there twice in my life. Damn good food, I'll tell you that. It's also the, uh, in addition to Philadelphia, the birth of America took place in Boston. And who does a podcast when you're looked up by little kids with F this and F that and F this? Who does that? Now, there are racists out there. There's scum of the earth. You see where Ben Shapiro was threatened by some nut job, Mr. Producer? Because he's an Orthodox Jew. I've been threatened. And I've been threatened by neo-Nazis, basically. I forget the name of that website. Stormfront, Stormpage, whatever it is. And it's a terrible, terrible thing. But you don't hear me attacking a whole city for being racist. It's just, it's just, it's punkish. It's cheap. The Sunshine Summit debate. It'll be in uh, Hollywood, Florida. And uh, I will give you more information tomorrow, but you really should check it out. I am going to be there on Saturday to handle two of the four debates. And I think you'll agree it's fantastic. It's the Sunshine uh, Summit and Debate. It's, it's bigger than just the debates, but uh, my role is to be a moderator in two of them. And we're going to have a lot of fun. There's four new congressional districts in Florida, thanks to the governor. And uh, there'll be four debates. But again, there's dinner, there's fun. Fun by all, fun by all. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. We salute our truckers. And our brothers and sisters in Ukraine, we have not forgotten you. And I am blessed by you. I thank you. And have a fantastic evening. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless.